The reading this morning is from Mark's Gospel, chapter 14, verses 1 to 11. Now the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread were only two days away, and the chief priests and teachers of the law were scheming to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the festival, they said, or the people might riot. Whilst he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of something called pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on Jesus' head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, Why she wasted that perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly and probably wagged their fingers as well. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you and you can help them any time you want but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to betray Jesus to them. They were delighted to hear this and promised to give him money. So he watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over. Great. Well, I'm going to tell that story again. And it will be in your interest to listen carefully over the next 90 seconds. So Jesus was invited to this house, this mill, and they were sat round. There were different people there, some important, some not. And it was all fine until this woman came in and interrupted. She was carrying this really mega expensive jar of perfume, in today's probably more than £20,000, and she broke it open and poured it over Jesus, filling the whole house with this amazing perfume odour. Some muttered and said, what's going on here? But Jesus said, leave her alone. She has done a beautiful thing for me. She has done what she could. She has poured herself out for me and in doing so has prepared me for my burial. Well, now it's your turn. Turn to a neighbour and repeat that story. You've got 90 seconds. Off you go. We'll cut it there. So, 
What have we got? We've got this woman coming in, breaking into this dinner party. She breaks open this expensive bottle of perfume, more than like 20k of value. And in amongst the muttering, Jesus says a couple of really interesting things. The first thing Jesus says is that she, this woman with the perfume, she has done what she could. See, Jesus recognizing that the pouring of a perfume thing was for this woman, it was her way of extravagantly pouring herself out for Jesus. It was her way of expressing herself in worship. Now, your way may be different. Maybe you don't have a £20,000 bottle of perfume to pour out, but maybe you've got other stuff in your life that you can use to express yourself in worship, that you can use to pour out in your own life before Jesus, that you can use to give of your best for Jesus. Now, the second thing that's interesting that Jesus says is, uh, having said that she has done what she could, he goes on to say that in pouring out this perfume, she has prepared me for my burial. Interesting thing to say at a dinner party. But of course, Jesus knows what's ahead of him and what he must do. You see, for the woman to pour herself, to give of her best, to worship extravagantly, meant pouring out this bottle of perfume. But for Jesus to give of his best, to pour himself out and to extravagantly worship God the Father, meant for him laying down his life and being taken and cruelly killed. That was his best. And he would do that for the people around him. He would do that for the people of Jerusalem. He would do that for the people of the land. He would do that for the whole world. He would do that for all people back in time. He would do that for all people who are yet to come. He would do that for everyone. You see, laying down your, your life, that we would say that's like the... Uh, the the greatest sacrifice. We would use that term in remembrance with wars and in fighting and stuff where people sacrifice themselves for their comrades or for their country or whatever. But it's still limited to just a few people. Whereas Jesus is laying down his life for everyone, the whole world through time from the very beginning to the very end. And that is something that only Jesus can do. Laying down his life for everyone. Now, having given that piece of information that that is what Jesus, his worship looks like to lay his life down for everyone, that includes me and you. What is your own response to that? Zemian today will come and be baptised. He will go down into the water, will get completely wet, and then we will bring him back up. That is his response. His saying, look, I recognise that I owe my life 
to this man, Jesus, who has laid his life down for me, so now I want to sink my life into his and be his and his follower. And so in going down into the water, all the past stuff, all the doubts, all the stuff of yesterday is gone. Remember, uh, over the past six months, we've used uh, images like old yeast, getting rid of the old yeast, uh, forgetting the former ways, leaving those behind and starting anew. That is what it represents to go down into the water, to say all that is gone, washed away, and to come up anew, to now live my life as a life of extravagance worship for Jesus and it's not just this one-off event of like I'll get wed and we're all good now we're quits no it's to start of living your whole life day in day out for the rest of the days that God may give you in extravagant worship for him and so that begs the question of well what do we do that is extravagant worship for him. And that's why our, our key question this month is, is this question, is where is God calling you to lose life in order to gain it? It might be your career expectations. It might be uh, your income or your, or your attitude to finance or or your financial expectations. It's, uh, it might be uh, how you understand your family or, or your children. It might be a whole range of things. What will you lose? What will you lay down? What will you put at God's disposal in order for him to take you back up and gain life? recognizing that to hold on to any of this stuff, whether it's career or uh, a good bank balance or, or uh, a, a nice household or family home, to, to hold on to those stuff but to not have Jesus actually is not life. But to be able to let them go and be at God's disposal and allow him to walk with you with that stuff is life and true life and life to the full. So the challenge is put yourself on the line for his course. To say, here I am with all my stuff. But it is now for you. I pour it out in extravagant worship. Now, the story goes on that there were people muttering in the room. They couldn't understand why this woman would do this, why she would waste all this expensive perfume. There were others who were already thinking, how can we get this guy, Jesus? How can we have him removed and deleted? And from this episode, it all goes a notch up and a plot to arrest and kill Jesus is hatched. We need to know that out in the general world, not everyone is grateful that Jesus has laid his life down for them. Not everyone is appreciative of that. Not everyone likes that. In fact, some are actively against 
And so a guy like Zebian, when he comes to a place like this and is baptized here, he's not getting baptized to just make a few more nice friends. Because out there, there is no guarantee that there will be people who will be friendly to the fact that he has laid his life down for Jesus. In fact, there could be some who are actively hostile. So you don't get baptised just to make a few friends. No, you get baptised to lay your life down for him. In extravagant worship but that enables us to finish with a question what is your response to all that now as I say you might have one or four different responses it may be that you say well that's all very interesting and here we are in a church and that, but it's not for me and uh, I'm really only here for the cake. And that's fine. It may be that you're thinking, gosh, this sounds a bit extreme, this business about laying down your life and that. I'm not sure I can go down that road, but I would at least come back to hear a bit more. I would call that a healthy maybe. You know, you're really not sure really quite iffy about what I'm saying, and that's fine. It's a healthy maybe, and in a moment we'll pray, and I'd love to just pray a blessing over you. Because that's fine, that's just you being honest about where you are right now. And we'll much prefer honesty than anything else. A healthy maybe. But it may be that something inside of you is starting to say yes. There's some sense in that. I don't quite get it. It all just seems a bit extreme, but I want to move towards it, whatever it is. I don't want to be going in the opposite direction. I'm not sure yet, but I want to go further. I'll call that a little yes. Not ready for all in, but you do want to explore more. We'll call that a little yes, and in a moment we'll pray, and there'll be a prayer for you to desire to go further understanding more of what we're saying here. But it may be that something inside of you is saying, I'm all in. I, I want to... I want to work out exactly what it means for me to lay my life down and extravagantly worship Jesus from this day on for the rest of my life. And, uh, and I can see maybe one day I'll be in that water being baptised too because it's all for me. I want to say a big yes to this invitation that Jesus gives to follow him. And if that's you today, that is absolutely fantastic. We love that. You might have guessed. So I'm going to pray in a moment, and I'm going to pray a blessing. It may be you, a healthy maybe. I just want to bless you. I want to pray with the little yeses to say, yeah, actually, I'll go deeper with you, Lord Jesus. Show me my next steps. And for the big yes, I want to pray a prayer. I invite you to just echo the words with me 
where we invite Jesus into our life and say, look, actually there's stuff in my life I know I need to leave behind. Let the old stuff go. Jesus come in. He will forgive and enable you to come and live anew. Let's pray together. For the healthy maybes. Father, I thank you for our friends who have come here today. And maybe they're hearing stuff that uh, surprises them, they don't understand, but that's fine, Lord. Bring your blessing on them. Help them to process what we've been talking about this morning. Help them to see through Zemian and Reuben and the family what you are doing. Amen. It could be that for you it's a little yes. You're not quite sure. You can't go all in, but you do want to go further. That's fantastic. Let's pray now. Lord Jesus, I believe. Help my unbelief. Show me the next steps that I should take. Help me understand where I am not clear. Draw close to me. Amen. And maybe it's like, this has got to be the big yes moment. This is starting to make sense. It's all coming together. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't suddenly have to become an expert theologian, but you want to say, from this day forwards, whatever that means, I'm all in. If that's you, then just echo these words of prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for the stuff of my life that is not so good. For mistakes I've made, for dodgy decisions that I've followed. Lord Jesus, please come into my life now. I receive your forgiveness. Come in and direct every step. For from this moment onwards, I choose to follow you. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let me just pray for your Spirit of God. Come and touch our friends here who are opening their lives to you. Come and fill and direct and nudge and love and enable us to know you. Well up in us your presence. Bring us to new life in you. That we may follow for the rest of our days.